everybody, and welcome back once again to Roll It, movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me, as always, my co-host, Ty Lore. How you doing, Ty? Doing great, Ryan. Uh, aside from whatever I did to my back on Monday night, I'm doing awesome. That's rough, man. That's 25, rough. And, 25 and falling apart, dude. Story of my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, hopefully you uh, get back... Uh, get back on your feet i guess or get back to normal after tomorrow well you gotta got an appointment tomorrow right yeah we'll get it we'll get it fixed out i won't do anything hopefully the chiropractor can get fixed. <laughs> uh, but anyway so um it wasn't that did not make watching movies hard what makes watching movies hard are movies like being john malkovich yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a lot to unpack here. So I guess we'll dive into it before we, you know, go off on any more tangents. This week we are doing the 1999 film Being John Malkovich, directed by Spike Jones, and starring John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, Catherine Keener, and of course, John Malkovich, and also written by Charlie Kaufman. So I guess uh, this was your first time seeing this, right, Ty? Yeah, it was. Okay, so tell me, give me your thoughts on this movie. I, <laughs> it, dude, it's just, dude, it's just a weird movie, man. And I like weird. I'm, I feel like I'm a, I'm a weird ambassador, you know, like, but this movie was just weird. And I, I yeah, I don't, I don't really have much more to say, Ryan. I think that about wraps it up and... <laughs> Um, one, if I had to wrap this movie up in one word, it'd just be weird, weird. Yeah. Uh, as far as it being like, um, a comedy, uh, there were some funny parts to it, but for the most part, I was just so like, what the hell just happened that (laughs) I couldn't really unpack the, the comedy through, throughout some things. Um, but it's definitely like a deep layered movie that you think on for a long time. Yeah. So maybe I don't know. Maybe that's good. Um, uh, yeah. I like I said. I like to think I'm a weird guy, but Spike Jones and Pete Kaufman are obviously, or not Pete Kaufman. Who? <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> Pete Kaufman's actually a guy I work with. Um, <laughs> uh, Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman are definitely weirder. That's for sure. Uh, you said you saw this movie like one time before. Yeah, I'd seen it a long time ago, so I didn't super remember every everything that happened. But I, I, I remember, like, there were certain scenes I was like, yeah, I remember that exact scene happening. So, yeah, I, I'd seen this a while ago. I like this movie, even though it's weird. I like Charlie Kaufman, even though he's, he's, he's a wild man. But he is definitely what you would classify as quote-unquote weird. So I think it's good that, unlike this and uh, Adaptation, he has Spike Jones to kind of kind of reel them in and say whoa there the moderator. You, know, you know let's let's not be too indulgent here you know let's let's try to make a coherent story <laughs> but i mean even like uh even charlie kaufman's directorial stuff i like i like synecdoche and i that you can see there's themes that run through all of charlie kaufman's films mm-hmm. and we'll get into that later but you can definitely see the themes of like wanting to be someone else or living through someone else or being self-conscious about yourself and, you know, wanting to do more with your life and stuff like that. Yeah. Having grand ambitions, but not really, but feeling like you're so far away from them. 
Yeah. But, but yeah, this, I like this movie a lot. It's just my perfect kind of, perfect kind of weird. Um, it's got a lot to chew on there. So you're not, you're not bored with this movie at all. You're always thinking, wait, what does this mean? And like, like when John Malkovich, <laughs> or not John Malkovich. You're, you're like always when, thinking what? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like when, uh, uh, Craig comes out for the first time. He's like, he's talking to Cameron Diaz, Cameron Diaz's character. And he's like, do you know what this, this means? This is, this throws into, throws into question the, the nature of self, the existence of soul, all this kind of stuff. And then you're kind of thinking about that the whole rest of the movie. And it's just, it's super interesting to think about. And I'm sure, I mean, I got a, a few like philosophical or thematics things that we're going to talk about later. And I'm sure I'll butcher those. But it's still fun to think about stuff like that. Always safe to remind our uh, listeners, too, that we are not psychologists. So, or philosophers. Or movie experts. Yeah, or movie experts, for that matter. We're just you know, we just, like talking about, just like talking about art a little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, and, that, and that's another, like, we can get into that, too. But the art side of this movie, I, I really did enjoy. And... Um, they didn't make it. I wanted to say this when you were talking about uh, John Cusack or um, Craig, when when he got ejected out of the portal the first time, and he tells Lottie Cameron Diaz about it, uh, it. They didn't really hide a lot of the themes in this. I mean, there's there's a lot more deeper dives on things, but um, as far as like you know things that it wanted to play into, it kind of gave that to the viewers right away. Even the uh, you know, early in the movie when John Cusack's talking to the monkey and he's telling him how terrible consciousness <laughs> is and he's just like, consciousness is a terrible curse, I think. Yeah. I feel. Um, I so suffer. I suffer, yeah. So I, I think there was a lot of... They, they like, spoon-fed some of these ideas throughout the movie, which I think is a good thing because when a lot of other things are so weird, you need, you need mm-hmm. some, you know, you know, you need some, like, uh, guidance <laughs> along the way. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's not like, I mean, they spoon feed you these, these themes and these questions to ask very broadly. Not, you don't, you don't get any answers. Like it doesn't right. give you any answers. So I think that's how they can do that. He can, Kaufman can kind of give you these nuggets and be like, here's something to chew on. You know, here's what I'm talking about here, but I'm not, I don't know the, maybe I don't know the answer and I'm not going to give the answer to you. You know, you got to, take something from this that I'm not going to explicitly tell you. And, and I think this is but, just kind of one of those movies too, that everybody is going to get a little bit different, something different out of. Um, mm-hmm. There's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong in, in these, uh, in these kind of movies, just because like it's, the movie is so much a reflection of the characters and how they perceive themselves to what, mm-hmm. like they want the, uh, the outcome to be that I think it's the same for the viewers, you know, for us, uh, we're going to get different kind of themes out of this, uh, you know, on the more specific level rather than just like consciousness is a terrible curse. And some argue that it's not some argue that it is. So, yeah. Well, Anyways, yeah, yeah, we'll get into that later, say. but <laughs> I'll do, I'll do a recap. This is a little longer, but I mean, there's a lot of nooks and crannies in this movie. So, Lots to unpack here. I try, yeah, a, lot, a little bit to unpack. So, all right. So get your drinks, get your popcorn. <laughs> Settle <laughs> in. Struggling puppeteer Craig Schwartz takes the advice of his wife Lottie and finds a job. 
He gets one as a filer on the curious seven and a half floor of a large office building. While there, he meets and falls for a woman named Maxine, who doesn't necessarily fall for him. He also finds a small door that leads into the mind of John Malkovich. But after 15 minutes, he is ejected out onto the side of the New Jersey Turnpike. He shows this door to Maxine, who thinks they should sell the experience to curious people. Lottie also experienced this and finds herself at home in John Malkovich's male body. Maxine seduces Malkovich while Lottie is inside, and the two women greatly enjoy the experience. Craig finds out about this and wants to do the same, so he locks Lottie up and takes her place in Malkovich to hook up with Maxine. Craig finds out that he can control Malkovich to some extent, and Malkovich soon finds out that they are selling tickets inside his mind, and he tries to shut it down, but not before going inside his mind himself. Craig enters Malkovich one last time and controls him enough to stay forever. Craig, as John, marries Maxine and becomes a prolific puppeteer as Maxine becomes pregnant. Lottie joins forces with Craig's boss, Lester, who planned to move into Malkovich's body on his 44th birthday to extend Lester's life. They take Maxine, and Craig decides to come out to save Maxine, only to realize that Lottie and Maxine decide to be together. Craig then ends up inhabiting the young daughter of Malkovich's mind, looking onward to Maxine and Lottie embracing. The, and mi- the mind of Malkovich's young daughter. The mind, yeah, okay, I'll read that again. <laughs> I mean, or just, leave, or just leave my clarification and we can roll with it. Yeah, okay, that, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> All right. I was I knew that didn't sound right. That's why I read it twice. I was like, what is wrong with my side? I mean, because if you can't if you can't get weird, you might as well just get weirder. Uh exactly. Like I said, man, it's a lot to unpack. And it it's 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 not even <laughs> uh, I think that just kind of wraps up my thoughts on it. <laughs> uh what a title, a struggling puppeteer. I I feel like that is such a like I mean, it works so well for this movie, and that's why they chose it, obviously. But, uh, like, just a puppeteer in general, like, that's just, that's not a very common thing. And I know we're in 2020, you know, but even in 99, (laughs) that wasn't a very, that wasn't, that was so obscure. Well, and the weird thing, I mean, it sets it up, I mean, this movie is set up as odd right off the bat, you know. It's set up as kind of a surrealist movie. And just with, so he's a puppet, he's a struggling puppeteer. And then there's this famous puppeteer that's doing doing stuff off like a bridge or whatever that's yeah, on TV, what, what and everybody's the... going crazy. I was like, I've never seen a famous puppeteer, yeah, <laughs> doing a large scale show in New York City. Mommy, mommy, so it's kind when of... I grow up, I want to be a puppeteer. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a fantasy world right off the bat, right. you know. So I'm... I. Oh, go Sorry, I was just gonna say I'm trash talking puppeteers, but like <laughs> I, I like did have a ventriloquist doll for a long time, and wasn't half bad at it oh, for that man. for that matter. There used to be videos on YouTube, but they have since been deleted. That's good for all of us. That's <laughs> good for all of us. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm gonna save the mirror state stuff for the end, so I can butcher that later. But let's dive into. Just being in someone else's skin. So we see, I mean, obviously, Craig talks about that. He says it word for word at some point. Or yeah, it's what points, maybe. It, it's when he was trying to, he was practicing 
what to say to Maxine when with, she, um, with you know, the puppets. Yeah, when she would, because because when he first said she was a puppeteer, she was like, okay, see ya. And uh, <laughs> Maxine, she's just not a good person. No, she, she I hate it. She's so hateable yeah, the whole time. So hateable. Uh, she's last, just not it, a nice person. And in the last Charlie Kaufman movie I watched, uh, Synecdoche, New York, she's in that too, and she's. Uh, she's the main character's wife. She's Philip Seymour Hoffman's wife. And she's so hateable in that too. And it's like, man, she just plays a, she's very good at playing a hateable person. I don't but know. If I that's mean, a good pretty thing. much, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but pretty much, uh, I did see that she at first turned down the, turned down the part cause she didn't want to, she didn't want that. She didn't want that role. So she didn't want to play the bad person, but apparently she's good at it. She's really good at it. She also brings her dog to set every day that they filmed, and oh, really? it was it was a PA's job. More specifically, um, Spike Jones's younger brother's job <laughs> to walk the dog twice a day. That's pretty funny. Um, but no, like PA, there's, yeah. I mean, like Craig's also super hateable. You know, in a he's way, just yeah. Like, so he's just like so pathetic, and he doesn't really help himself. He's like, he's just a jerk. You know, yeah, he's and a loser. The only person you really feel bad for is kind of Lottie, but then she also kind of like she turns into a crazy cheats person on too. Craig too. You know, so it's and like I don't even feel and I don't even feel bad for John Malkovich, and he's the real victim of this all identity I theft. Feel, I kind of feel bad for John Malkovich. I kind of do, but I kind of it's just kind of like I don't know. I don't really. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't have feelings one way or another. I guess about John. Malkovich. Yeah, I feel bad. He's the victim here. He's like he, he really is the victim here, man. Because <laughs> he's like it's my mind. Yeah, he's like I own it. I will sue you. <laughs> but yeah, so and like it's kind of crazy that a known actor like John Malkovich would play John Malkovich in this movie. That's just you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I read that Kaufman, initially, Kaufman just, he didn't think he would actually get Malkovich or anything, and that was like, he had this idea, and he's like, who's somebody, you know, that he just put John Malkovich in there? He's like, he's somebody that's like, you know, like, different. You you don't think, he's not like a normal actor, you know what I mean? He's kind of on a different level, and then, because at first, Malkovich is like, I'm not doing this. Then I guess he changed his mind after I don't know Spike Jones maybe talked him into it, but his agent you know, was like first... name recognition dog. <laughs> he's like I don't. He's like if this flops, I don't ha- want to have my name on this movie and be in the movie. But I guess they talked him into it and it worked out. But I don't know. If I'd um... it, I don't know if I'd say it worked. No, it worked <laughs> out. It's twenty years later and we're talking about it. It's it's a good movie. And yeah, all right for all. <laughs> Maybe you don't think so, but... Alright, here's, it, here's it, how I'm breaking it, it down. Would reached, I watch it again? No. It but has reached critical I, success, though. Yes, it That's has. That's what matters. And it's like, am I... Am I am I happy I watched it? It's not the worst... <laughs> it's not the worst way I've spent time. But, um... I would <laughs> not watch not the it best. again. I'll see. Definitely not the best. I think it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing, though. I'll, I'll stand by that. Don't, sure. Or do you disagree? <laughs> I don't. I don't disagree. I also don't agree. Okay. <laughs> I think. I, I honestly like. Like You're there's movies. On that. Yeah, there's movies where I'm like, yes, 100. percent I think everybody should see this. Um, or there's movies where I'm like, you know what? Like, 
I didn't really care for it at all. I think a majority of people wouldn't care for it at all. It, this it just kind of depends on the person. Like, if you like watching movies and diving deep into critical um, themes and, like, the which psychology is, behind things. I mean, which is kind of what we're about here, Ty. We yeah. tried to do that. Yeah. No, I... Hey. <laughs> all I'm saying is I wouldn't watch it again. Right. And I know, and Fair I know enough. people, and I know people in my life who I would not recommend this movie to because I'd be like, "You're not gonna like it, 100." percent Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair and enough. I know other people who might just think it's weird enough to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is me. I told you on, and that's why we're co-hosts on a movie podcast. My God, <laughs> my 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 thought when watching this movie was uh, Brad Pitt's cameo when uh, during like the bio of. Uh, John Malkovich at the end of the movie, Brad Pitt has the cameo where he kind of, the camera goes to him for like can't be more than like a second. Yeah, I was just gonna say like a ha- half a second. He just has this puzzled look on his face, and I was like, "That's my face through like ninety percent of this movie." Like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, I will say but, though, I know I, you know me. I'm like I flip flop all day long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I never got bored of watching it it did it yeah. kept my it kept my interest the entire time even if most of my interest was like what the f, f is going on no it moves it's a it's a pretty quick moving move i mean it doesn't lag at all you know right. there's no, no there's no slow parts it does it keeps moving um and paced well yeah for sure uh i guess so to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier i guess but before we went on the tangent <laughs> So, like, being in someone else's skin, he actually brings that up. And we see all of the... We see a bunch of characters in the the movie do this. So, Craig, of course, has his puppets. And then later on, John Malkovich in reality, that he's in his skin. Mm-hmm. We see Lottie kind of lives through her animals, you know? And because she's always talking about... What's the chimp's name? Eli? Elijah. Elijah. Okay, same thing. Uh, she's always talking about him and like his his uh, psychological problems and stuff like that. Alright, here's... I, I want to butt in on that real fast. The scene <laughs> okay. the scene that is a uh, is a memory for Elijah. The untying of the knots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, almost dropped a tear on that, man. Really? It was touching. I thought that was... It was like bizarre. It was really bizarre, but I was also kind of like, like, "Oh, I feel kind of bad for Elijah." And then he didn't—he didn't get to pull it. He didn't get to pull it off that time in the jungle to save his family. (laughs) So you know what? He got a second chance, and that was saving Lottie. It would have been more emotional if they didn't have the subtitles. The subtitles subtitles were there for comedy, I think. Yeah, that's what cracked. It brought me. Yeah, cracked me up, and I didn't feel emotional about it. I was like, "That's funny." And that's also no. how I remember his name, too, because it was, oh, like, okay. in size 1,000 font across the bottom of my screen, Elijah. <laughs> okay. Which is funny, because he has that, and that's what they call him, too. Yeah. That's, you know, that's funny. <laughs> but, so, uh, so, yeah, Craig has the puppets. She kind of lives through the animals. And then Malkovich does the same thing with acting, you know? He does it to live through other people's experiences. I think he talks to he talks to Maxine about this, if I'm not mistaken. He's like, that's she's like, so why do you enjoy acting? He's like, oh, you know, I get to, you know, 
be in other people's skin and live their experiences and stuff like that. If I remember right, I think that's, I think he says that at one point. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, he says something along those lines. Yep. So they're all kind of doing these things, but none of them are actually getting fulfillment out of them, you know, like trying to be someone else. And I mean, Craig kind of does at the end, but even then at the very end, he comes like when he looks in the mirror, he comes to realization that it's not fulfilling, you know? Right. And that he, and then that's when he leaves. So like all these, all these, all these escapes and like kind of the grass is always greener if you're inhabiting someone else or living as someone else. But all those, all those other avenues lead to misery too. Craig's sure. puppets. Craig's puppets are always miserable, just like him. Uh, even though he says it's nice to you know live in someone else's skin, but he makes them miserable just like himself. You would go to jail if you were Craig in 2020. What for locking your wife in a cage? Well, all right, uh, let's let, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You would go to jail. You'd go to jail in '99 for that too. But um, no, just like for being as weird as he is. <laughs> Can you like? Can you imagine the news story when that happens? Like, man charged after wife locked in cage. Dolls Puppet. made up of acquaintances has a Puppet. has a rap sheet of being punched in the face by uh, citizens in New York streets for <laughs> making the dolls have sexual, uh, like sexual motions towards the wall dude, in that, front of children. Yeah, that's see, like I was. I man, I know. Sorry, I, I'm breaking you off here. That's all right. Your point. But that scene, whenever he was uh, doing the street performance there and the girl goes over to watch, I was like his one fan. And he was like, I am not breaking the plan. (laughs) You know, he was like, this is the story. It's a love story. All right. Like, this is how it is. I don't care if it's a seven-year-old watching me. This is how it goes. Um, Yeah. You know, I was like, man, resilient. And I was waiting waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And I love how he like walks in and his his wife's just like again. <laughs> again, yeah. Yeah. He's like, sorry, I just like having my characters dry hump a wall. <laughs> okay, All right. Uh no, but Craig's just a, yeah, he's a, a weird weirdo. guy. And uh and John Cusack plays him like perfectly. Like as a as like that artist who never made it, but like Mm-hmm. That's you know, the only. He's not taking up yeah, he's, he's not taking settled. any other options. He's just like, no, I can still do it, but he's not right. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dude, and, and him being so good yeah, at filing. Was, there, there's a couple of, when they put that in a couple of times, she's like, going right through. Oh, it's pretty funny. I know. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's what I want to talk about that. And then I guess we can get into the nature of self and stuff like that. So, there's there's a theme here, and it's also in pretty prevalent in the the movie I mentioned earlier, Schenectady, New York. Um, and that's solipsism. So this is the philosophical idea that, that the self is all that can be known to exist to like, to me, myself is all that I can be sure that it actually exists. Yeah. The only thing that you know, for sure is that, that you your are mind here, is here that you're now that, you know, that your thought you know, because you're thinking, you know, it's, you know, Descartes, I think therefore I am kind of that, that kind of that sort of thing. But that is all, you know, for sure that exists. So like Synecdoche kind of 
goes about this. It it's trying to break this cycle of solipsism to to discover other people's experiences and to realize you're not the only person in the world and that other people have experiences just like you. Other people are lonely and sad and other people have happiness and pain and all this kind of stuff. And he kind of comes to that realization that of living through someone else's life that everybody has the same problems and the same struggles that he has. And he's not, he's not special and he's not different and, you know, to be connected with everybody. And there's kind of the same thing here, except there's never, the, the lesson is never learned, you know? So, I mean, right. according, Craig, Craig wants to be Malkovich and when he's inside him, he's kind of Malkovich, but he's still acting as Craig does, you know? So he's not right. really experiencing anybody else's experience. He does it first when he's inside, like for the first couple times before he can control him. But once he controls him, he's only, he's still only himself and he's only sure that him, his self exists. Right. And that becomes like extremely prevalent, um, in the scene where uh, Maxine and John Malkovich and Craig are all having sex. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, because he realizes that he can control the thought in the body of John Malkovich. Yeah. Because like it's, I find it and interesting. I, there's the quote at the, the first time he goes in there when he's, when he's going off to, uh, to Lottie and he's like, uh, He's going off and he says, I knew who I was, you know, which is interesting that you come yeah. to the realization of who you are. You have this epiphany of who you are by inhabiting someone else, which is breaking at which that in itself is breaking the solipsism cycle because you're you're finding your identity. But I don't know then, but because you, you're finding your identity in someone else. Right. And here, here's the thing I want to point out, too. Um on that on that same topic, uh, Lottie and Craig both use the portal as a means to find themselves by getting lost in somebody else. And Maxine Maxine uses the portal to almost stay herself. She's the only one of the main characters who no, has used the it portal. Once. Didn't she? I think at the Did very you know when she's like, I gotta know before they went into business together. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe she did. Anyways, uh, she's the only one who doesn't continually yeah. use it, I guess. But she uses it in the other in, in another way because she knows that she can have power over somebody when she is with John Malkovich and yeah. they're in the portal, and and she's kind of like the the main puppeteer throughout yeah. all this. But where where's Mix, uh, uh, Craig and, and Lottie are using it to kind of find themselves because Craig said, you know. Like you said, I knew who I was when he was like, I knew who I was in that moment because it kind of signified that he was who he thought he was. And it was just, it was, everything was reassuring to him in that moment. He really felt confident in who he was in that moment. Whereas Laudy went through that, um, after that experience, you know, she, or, well, I guess it was after Maxine, but throughout that experience, she realized that she was attracted to Maxine, attracted to women, uh, and wanted to be, and was a, a man trapped in a woman's mm. body. Yeah. And that helped her 
So it, that it's just helped kinda, her realize something about it. herself that she didn't realize before. Yeah. Right. Self, Whereas self actual self for Craig, it was almost it was almost just yeah. But for Craig, it was almost um, reassurance. For her, it was self realization. For Maxine, it was the power. So they all got three different things out of this portal. I found it interesting. Like the first customer that goes in, I think that's the one. I go. He goes in, and that's when Malkovich is like, he gets some like Chinese leftovers out, Chinese takeout out of his fridge, and he's like ordering towels or something. It's like this super oh, right. mundane activity. And you think this guy's mm-hmm. going to come out and be like, well, that was a crock. You know, what was the point of that? But he comes out and he's like, wow, that was like life changing. So like even this mundane activity, he if you're experiencing something like that, even just the act, it doesn't matter what happens or what you're doing. It was like, he, I mean, he kind of reacted the same way Craig did the first time. He's like, this is life changing on how I view, you know, everything. Even oh, though yeah, Malkovich sure. was just buying towels that he didn't, not even the right towels, but he got his second choice in towels. <laughs> it's just just because we're we we got back to the turnpike where people get a job. Is there like a worse place to get <laughs> the off New in Jersey the world? Turnpike? <laughs> no, the New Jersey Turnpike. No. I don't. That seems I like figure, the worst. So there's a couple different things that I was trying to figure out, like why, why did Kaufman do this exact, you know, this specific thing instead of just like booting mm-hmm. you back out the door. Why did he drop? Why were they dropped beside the New Jersey turnpike? Do you know, do you have an idea? I don't, I don't really know. The only thing I can kind of think of is because, uh, when, yeah, like when people talk about how drug use affects the brain, how it releases so many endorphins mm-hmm. and then you kind of go on this endorphin drought I don't, I don't, for lack of a better term where you're on this, you're on like such a high and then you hit such a low at the end of it. Yeah, you come out, you, uh, what's that called? A uh, crash. I don't know. A come, a, you come out of it. Yeah. But there's, I thought there was a word for it. I'm, I'm obviously not a drug user cause I don't know the <laughs> Not withdrawal or anything like that. That's not what not I was withdrawal, but like, talking uh, about. But, um, not a come up, but, uh, you're on this high and you come down, you, come yeah, down, come, you come down. down from this high. And yeah. maybe, maybe, I mean, honestly, it could have just been cotton being like the New Jersey turnpike is the lowest of lows after you're at this highest to high. That's true. You know what I mean? It could just be a jab. But even in that, that lowest of lows, you're still feeling that like, you're like, Oh, I got to do that. You're again. still like, well, you yeah. come guess, out, you come out and you're like thing. muddy and you're trashed and you just got dropped in this ditch on the New Jersey turnpike. And you're still just like you. You have to. You need another like another hit. Another hit. Yeah, that is. I didn't read it like that, but I love that reading of it's like drug use because that's exactly like Craig and Lottie both and, see it. And like it really, that. yeah, and it really and, changed them. It's like Maxine, how people talk about um, eye opening or like uh, life changing drugs. You know, people who have came out of like an LSD an trip. Al- yeah, an like, LSD oh, trip or, yeah. or whatever. Um, or uh, like shrooms or whatever, and you come out and you have like this almost uh, um, out-of-body out of body experience, yeah. right? And so this was literally an out-of-body or actually it was more of an in-body experience of somebody else 
Um, Good one. Well, it was <laughs> you know, it was kind of an out of body experience because you're experiencing something out of your body and in someone else's. Yeah. So, so I, I like think that. I think that's maybe maybe that's where he was going with it, and he the lowest of lows is just the NJ Turnpike. You know, I like that reading tie, and I, I you could even stretch it farther because like Maxine is kind of the drug dealer. Oh yeah, she's leading she's leading people and taking their money, taking large sums of money <laughs> to give people this high and then drop them in this low, yeah. you know, yeah, and just keep coming back for more. For sure, yeah, that's a that's I mean that kind of puts all the players in the game. Yeah, and then I don't know what John Malkovich is in that, but he's the he's the mule, he's just the one getting abused. He's, he's getting, the yeah, mule. He's abused. He likes to he likes to indulge every once in a while, but for the most part, he's just a <laughs> he's the grunt. I don't know if he likes to indulge. He was forced to, but uh, <laughs> he was the un- he's the unknowing mule, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was also the uh, the significance of the seven and a half floor. What, what's up with that? I mean, I don't. Is it is it just to be weird? I ca- I don't just know. Like, I... You know, this isn't a normal place, and this isn't where normal things go on. So obviously, there's going to be a door to John Malkovich's mind, or is there some significance to it? The only thing in this whole movie that was comical was on happened on the seven and a half seven and a half floor. I I don't know. I don't know the significance behind it. Is it uh, you know you. Is it because you kind of gag? It might just be a gag, but I, if we want to like, you know, peel this onion, is it kind of like you're, um, what's it called? Like a, uh, like a black hole, right? Like it gets smaller and smaller. Like you go from New York, right? This massive big opening where he's just having trouble mm-hmm. finding himself and he kind of gets sucked into this small half a floor in this big building in downtown New York city. And in this small floor of this big building, he finds this small door that leads to a portal of a whole new world that opens his eyes to this massive new world. So is it kind of like, so uh, what are are those called? Zeroing in. What are those called? Like what's a black hole? Like, why can't I think of this word? (laughs) I don't know what you're going for. It's it's a, it's like a, it's a warp. Uh, not like a, a wormhole. A warmer. Uh, yeah, warm, a warmer. No, it's not a. It's not a warmer. It's not a war. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap, Ty. It's not a warm. Wormhole. <laughs> it's uh. I don't know what you're going for. I don't think it has anything to do with space. Like outer space. But you don't know that it's not. <laughs> no, but it's not a wormhole or a black hole. Wormhole is a really difficult word. Um, it is, but I, I, I guess to, I think that this movie, this movie, they wanted to be a comedy and I watched this YouTube video and it's actually kind of interesting. It's Spike Jones on being John Malkovich. Um, Mm -hmm. so he, he talks a little bit about, um, this movie when it was before Universal Studios bought whatever studio it was. That's the studio that was, you know, kind of um, financing this small film, um, low budget film. And they would go, they would have these meetings and show the financers kind of what they had shot so far. And I think they were <laughs> called like dailies or whatever. Yeah. Could you imagine being just a financer? Mm, yeah, Adam, dailies, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine being a financer at like a movie studio and you got like Spike Jones, this energetic 
crazy little <laughs> young director coming in. And he's like, yeah, today was a great day. And you just watch, like, John Cusack sit down and talk about how much consciousness sucks in a dingy apartment with a chimp. And then they're like, how much money are we giving you for this? Um, <laughs> no, but the the they shot all the apartment scenes and they were told by like the financiers of that studio basically like it didn't really come off as a comedy the the colors were a little too dingy there wasn't enough light they needed a little bit they needed it to be brighter and they finally started getting more approval when they went to the seven and a half seven and a half seventh and a half seven point five floor seven seven halves and a half seven seven and a half floor seven and a half floor seven and a half <laughs> um because there was a lot more fill light, there was a lot, it was a lot brighter, so it almost seemed, mm-hmm. it, it was, and, and, well, and the script was just written, so there's more comedy there, too, but it seemed more like a comedy, and the financiers were a little bit more happy with it. Then Universal bought the studio that was financing this project, and Spike Jones even said, like, they literally didn't bother us again, because, like, they nobody was worrying about this um, low-budget film, and they even had, like, nine months to edit this thing. Uh, which yeah. I feel for our like RIP to the minds of these editors who had to watch this over and 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 Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. It's just you know. But anyways, so I don't know if this. I don't know if floor seven and a half. If the only thing that it was used for was like the comedic effect, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that might just be it. It might be as simple as that, or to just show. Uh, to me, it's just to show how absurd this this world isn't. This is a surrealist world, and it's not. It's not literal, and it's kind of setting up that like, well, this is, you know, kind of everything up to that moment. Because you go to the seven and a half floor, you're like, well, that's weird. And then with the sec, the whole thing with the secretary when he applies. Yeah. You're like, well, that's weird. And then he goes into the to the interview, and the guy's acting like he he can't hear right or whatever, or he can't. He has, he a, has speech a speech impediment, impediment, but he's talking perfectly normal. Yeah, and then he, yeah, that whole interview's weird, and it's like, man, this. I think it just sets it up as a weird place, and then you're like, well, of course, you know, yeah, of course, there's a door to John Malkovich's mind. That makes sense. Yeah. At this point, well, let's talk about the know. orientation video. <laughs> okay. What do you want to talk that about? That wasn't even an orientation video. He was, he was literally <laughs> like, why are the ceilings so low? And they're like, low overhang. Ha, ha, ha. And um, then he's like, no, you'll learn all about that in orientation. And literally, that's all you learn about in orientation. It's some folklore it's just, tale uh, that gives a reason for, a the, person for it to be a... married, the guy that owned the building. Yeah. And, and that's like... Dude, it's just so weird. It's there's so many parts in that whole movie where it's just so weird. Yeah. Like what how old was Lester? Doctor Lester? Hundred and five. Hundred and five. And he's like, whoa, and he I goes I think that's what he says. What'd he say? Uh carrot juice. Ca- yeah, carrot juice. Um <laughs> and lots of them. Like that actually made me laugh when he was like, Oh, how do you do it? And he's like, Carrots <laughs> and lots of them. I was kind of just like, What? Oh man. I just what? really you know how carrots are good for the eyes. Mm. Ah, you get where I'm going. Ah, good job. Yeah. Yeah, and so that. he uses other he he uses carrots as a way to see and live through, through other, other people's, people's eyes. Yeah. 
What a weird wow. thing, though. Like, a whole bunch of old people, like, we're going to live forever. And then piling in the mind of a 44-year-old. That's yeah. just a weird, like... That's very odd. I mean, I get it. You're retired. You have a lot of time on your hands. But don't try to, like, <laughs> invade people's heads, you know? Speaking of that, uh, what a what a Charlie Sheen cameo. I loved it, dude. And then old Charlie Sheen. With the terrible bald cap on. They couldn't, <laughs> yeah. they could, like, they couldn't try a little bad. bit harder. It was bad. I know. It looked like he was trying to be an extra in tone heads. They were leaning into it. They were really leaning into yeah. it there, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I guess uh, I'm going to put that off a little longer and ask you, what? how do you feel about the scene when Malkovich went into his own mind? Because... I don't think that's how I would have done that scene. Yeah, I I mean... <laughs> that's the one thing I disagree with. Either, I don't know if that was in Kaufman's script or if that was a Spike Jones decision. I'm not sure. But I, I don't really like that. You know, if I could flip two, two scenes of the movie, I think it would have made more sense when Malkovich went into his own mind. He kind of was the... He kind of was like a ghost character going through his subconscious as he was growing up again. Mmm... Instead of Lottie uh, and Maxine chasing, or Lottie chasing Maxine through that, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, because Craig, because Craig pushed him down to the subconscious. Right. Yeah, that that dev, I, I like that. Yeah, I think that would have made you a know? lot more sense. Because initially, I thought I would have just when he goes in, I would have just like cut right out to him falling out. Because like it, it's one of those where like might be better to not show something. Yeah. And him come out and be like. Man, where what was what was that about? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I want that door shut now. But no, I do like that idea. If they would have swapped those, I thought that would have been cool. Because that's all he could, because that's all he could explore. Because he's inside of his own mind, right? So he can only recall on memories. So it, yeah, that would be his subconscious. Because when you're inside your own mind, you're not experiencing new sensory out, you know, sensory input. So all you can experience is the input that's already in your mind. Right. I like that. I like that a lot, Ty. Hey, uh, if anybody out there is listening, <laughs> let's get together some time. Uh, you know, I can write some scripts. Um, <laughs> just uh, whip up a screenplay. Yeah. Just like Charlie uh, you just give me a screenplay. I'm just going to move around some pieces and we'll figure it out. <laughs> but it, it would have been, and here's, it would have been funny. It kind of would have been funny too if when Lottie was, chasing Maxine if it was just a bunch of Malkoviches. Malkovi. Everywhere. <laughs> Malkovi. <laughs> you know? if he, Can you imagine, like, she's just running from him and everybody's just, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. That would have been You're weird. trying to dodge all but these Malkoviches because you, like... No, we, I guess it's no weirder than what actually happened when he went into his own mind, Yeah, so. Yeah, I know. You're like, wow, that would have been so weird. It's like, it happened. <laughs> it's... It's not anything. It it's not a new idea. I didn't just come up with. I just switched out two parts, but um, you, you know it happened. <laughs> but yeah, no. I, 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 when he went into his own mind, I think it could have been a deeper than just like a. That seemed kind of like it was. They were trying to make that comical, for sure. Yeah, but it seemed oh, like yeah. it would have played into the deep existential like process of being within oneself if it would have been straight to his subconscious yeah i think you're right i think you're right uh i didn't really know i yeah initially like i said initially i would have just gotten rid of it but i think that actually works better but yeah 
Instead hey, of him just going you. straight into the wormhole. Yeah. Yeah. You agreed it's a wormhole. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I, I want to dive into a little bit. Surface level. You know, whatever what's what's this some kind of warning? Warning that this is gonna be surface level, so I don't straight up butcher, you know, philosophy and psychoanalysis. So uh I couldn't help but think of the mirror stage throughout this movie. So the mirror stage comes from uh, a uh, psychoanalyst named Jacques Lacan. And the mirror stage is the point in, well, it, 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 he kind of had it as a dual meaning, but when a baby, I, th- what, I think it's like between six to 18 months. I can't remember exactly, but it's when a baby becomes aware that, of themselves, like when they look in a mirror, that's when they're aware that, hey, that's that's me, you know. Oh. And <laughs> what? I just never thought of that. <laughs> I never thought. I right? never thought it has back. Happened sometime. I never thought back to the time. Yeah, like yeah, you're right. I mean, there were probably times when we were babies and we looked in the mirror and we just didn't care, didn't phase us. Well, yeah, because you don't realize you're not you're you're mental ability hasn't caught up to realizing that it's the same thing ah, brains are so weird man they are I was, man they are i was talking with the coworker <laughs> today too and i like how far back do you remember when are like your first memories formed personally i don't know like, you're like you me? ryan Ernkopf. when would like what's the furthest thing back how old were you when you remembered uh. some things I mean, I don't know. I can't even keep them apart because I remember some things happened here and there. Right. You know, but then you don't know if those are your memories or those are your memories of memories. You're like made you memories I mean? from looking at photos and stuff. Exactly. You're yeah. like, oh, I think I remember that happening. Yeah. But you don't. Uh, yeah. You know, you're creating that memory. It's very memento-esque. It's weird. <laughs> you're just creating memories to trick yourself into believing. It's weird. Brains are weird, uh, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's why there's no there's no true memory because you're always every time you remember something like this. I think this is actually a thing. Every time you remember something, the next time you remember it, you're remembering the memory, not the initial experience, even something that happened like last week. Like once you remember it, the next time, like if I remember something I did last week, say I I drove to the store last week and I'm remembering that right now for the first time. Next week, if I try to remember that, I went to the store last week, I'd just be remembering this week's recollection of going to the store. Isn't that mind-blowing? That's so weird. It's crazy. That's so weird. But I guess that's enough of that. Uh, Enough tangent on that that side of things. Oh, my gosh. So, (laughs) yeah, so I'll try not to butcher something else along with that. But, so, the mirror stage, it was, it's... It's that it's that that developmental period in a, uh, a child's mental state, but it also uh, Lacan says it also is the signifies the libidinal relationship with the bot with uh, the self body image or the body image. <laughs> I don't even know how to go about this, but I guess I'll, to, I guess I'll talk about the mirrors in the movie itself. So. First, and like right off the bat, when he's having the puppet, the puppet show right off the bat, when he's doing the dance with himself as the, a puppet. The uh, Dance of Despair. Is that what it's called? D- dance of Despair. 
I think that might be. Yeah. I don't what know. I, I think that I think you're despire. Yeah. Dude, I'm still thinking about a memory of a memory is just a thought <laughs> of a memory. So give me a little slack on the pronunciation of words here, man. I'm like right, I'm looking enough. at a white wall, just like wondering what my life is at this moment. <laughs> so sorry, I mispronounced a word, Ryan. Uh, all right, all right. So we have that, <laughs> and he's doing the dance, and he looks in the mirror. And he, like, throws, I can't remember what it was, but he throws and, like, breaks the mirror when he's looking at himself. Yeah. You know? And then the same thing, when he's dancing as Malkovich, he does the same thing later on, which is interesting because Malkovich is his puppet then, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I, I, this is this is off topic, but real quick, I really liked how they started the movie like that in that artful scene. And then they actually mm-hmm. came back to it when he was um, puppeteering Malkovich, too. I just, I, I like that correlation there. Anyways, continue. Okay, so, which I guess comes into, because when he's dancing, that's when he's still kind a little bit fighting with, uh, fighting with Malkovich for control of the body. And Lacan says the baby, the baby can recognize themselves before they have control of their functions you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so before they can actually function they they can realize that they're in there and which you know which of course he does and everybody that goes into malkovich's mind realizes that they're in there and realize like recognizes himself in the mirror Mm -hmm. or recognizes himself as john malkovich they're like oh i'm john malkovich uh but they don't have control until craig actually finds control which would be uh, going through the mirror stage you know he actually uh he recognizes himself and he has control of the actions and we see him having no control then struggling with control and then while he's struggling that's the when he throws whatever looks in the mirror to throw something at it like he does it with the puppet at the beginning and then at the very end when he looks in the mirror when he leaves that bar and that's when he decides to come out. So I find that interesting because and when he's looking into the mirror that time, I think he sees himself and not Malkovich self, but right. the Craig self. So that's it's kind of an interesting twist. You know what I mean? Of of the of like the mirror stage, because you recognize it as yourself, but you're like, oh, this isn't. You're, as this a true self rather than uh the, it, the yeah the self inside rather than the body the body image yeah. self of malkovich that doesn't correspond to yeah it's 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 yeah you can easily go down a rabbit hole and be super confusing <laughs> um but yeah i don't know if i want to get too much into it because i mean we can go and talk about because lacan talks about how the mirror stage is the combination of the ego and the body as well as he has terms he separates things as the imaginary the symbolic and the real and the real is something that we can't you can't really touch you can't really experience the real there's no way we we can only experience the real through the symbolic that we have created uh and the symbolic is like the symbolic is like language or something like that how that's how we can kind of experience the real 
So, and then, mm. uh, then there's the imaginary. It's ah, if symbolic is like language, that means it could be like art. And if that's the case, the only time that Craig is feeling real is when he's practicing his art on Malkovich, and that's why he wants to be Malkovich. Yeah. So yeah, this, the the art would be the symbolic, and you're you can only exp- yeah, right. which yeah, okay, I can I can kind of see that. Uh, yeah, because then your ego, which is what controls your functions, is connected to the body during this the mirror stage. Uh, and right. That's when the ego is created, which would be the imaginary. In the Do room. I have a bachelor's in psychology now? <laughs> maybe, Ty. Maybe. Or at least a, a 100 level class on it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Give me some credits. So, I guess I'm not going to get too much into that because... You know, I'm just going to butcher it even more. But if you want to know more about, you know, Lacanian psychoanalysis, you know, give that a Google and look it up. And you can see how it relates to uh, John Malkovich because I definitely noticed it in the film and I had to look it up because it's mirrors are very prevalent in this. And, you know, recognizing self mm-hmm. as either self or someone else is also very prevalent in this. So. Yeah, for sure. And I, I want to say for all the listeners who've stuck with us through all this, <laughs> Ryan and I usually record we usually record these podcasts around 4 p.m.-ish, uh, 4 or 5. I didn't get a call from Ryan until almost or around 7 o'clock, I guess. And the reason was is because he was just losing himself in, like, rereading all of this uh, id and ego and mere theory. So yeah, I was reading too much Lacan. I was just going on a deep dive into Lacanian psychoanalysis, and I was like, "Well, yeah. I'm not going to get this, so I'm just going to uh, try to get a broad overview and then tell people to do their own research." <laughs> you're you're like digging into like some deep things, and I'm waiting for us to start this podcast, like dancing in the kitchen doing dishes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, but I, I definitely. You know, mirrors were like really prevalent. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those things that I didn't really notice that much. But since you said that, um, to reel things back a little bit, not as, um, not as deep. You know, as far as like filmmaking and stuff goes, what did you think about the way that they shot, like when the the person's point of view from inside of Malkovich? Like, the heavy vignettes around, it looked like they were kind of in an eye. I kind of liked it. You know? Yeah. I didn't have anything I mean, you have to do... It. Right. You have to do something to, like... Make it clear that you're in... Right. Differentiate head. between the two, the you know, the, the scenes of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of get that. But at the same time, it felt like... Uh, it felt like... I don't know. It just felt like little people were sitting in the eyes of somebody. Yeah, and uh, you probably it didn't done... feel like you know how they felt. You know how they felt the same thing John Mal- Malkovich felt, and like they could make them. So... It didn't feel like they were embodying him. It felt like they were a. There uh... was just their their miniatures were just inside of his head, looking out. Yeah, and I think they could have. I think they could have just done like a POV shot, and it would have mm-hmm. been the same thing. You know, it would probably would have worked even better because I mean, it is a POV shot. But a POV shot minus like the vignette, I think would have yeah. worked. Would have worked better because like when he's looking in the mirror, because that's how I mean that's how I'm seeing things right now. So that's how you right. would be experiencing it. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't I don't know if I like the vignette because like it's a good way to differentiate 
but at the same time, it, it, it makes me think more along the lines of it's a, yeah, it, it's a, they're just kind of hanging out in their eye looking out yeah. like it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Which, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, there's some I mean, it kind of is, it. but it's an, it's an embodiment, though. Like, you can... Yeah, because, like, know, when Wadi goes in, she can feel... When he's in the shower, she can, like, feel everything. Right. right. Which, in the first what in the first part, when uh, Craig goes in, he's eating breakfast. It, none of that's apparent. Not right. when it feels exactly. like he's just watching. You in, in it, you have to, yeah, it wasn't honestly until Lottie went in that you realized that they can feel the same. It's a full body experience. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't know. I, and, and as far as, you know, filmmaking goes too, that like, I think they did a really good job on like the point of view shots and they, they, they had some challenges with that for sure. But, um, and I don't know how exactly they did it, but they pulled it off really well and it looked really good. Especially like him getting in the mirror. There was one thing, and I never look for this. I never, when I'm watching a movie, I'm I'm usually like, a story kind of trumps all for me as far as uh, movies and, and storytelling goes in general. But when Craig first went to, when he first found the door, the portal door, he knelt down next to it. And it was a shot from his back and he was on his knees. And then it cut to a shot in front of him, and he was squatting down. Ugh, I didn't notice that, and I, that ticks me off. Dude, I ne- like I, <laughs> I never those. noticed those kind of things. Continuity errors. Yeah, and it was like I remember seeing that and just being like, "Are you serious, Spike? <laughs> like you couldn't? They took nine months to edit this movie, and they couldn't <laughs> fix that." And and that's one of those things. Like next time I watch this, I'll I'll realize that, and I'll never be able to not see that. Anytime I watch yeah. this, so yeah. yeah, it's I I believe it's the first time he finds the portal before he crawls into it. Um, yeah, why'd you have but, to tell me that time? Anyways, sorry to ruin it for you, Ryan. Um, I, I'm glad that that was the thing that ruined it for you. <laughs> that ruined this movie for you. <laughs> oh, another thing too. I, I just I'm I'm kind of just vomiting all my notes out of here. Um, I early on in the movie within the first 10 15 minutes or so when he is on the streets of New York doing his uh puppet show mm-hmm. he's doing the love story mm-hmm. and that kind of sets the scene for the entire movie kind of thing like it is we we talked about it briefly it's kind of odd that he's having his puppets having like these sexual motions and dry humping like these walls and stuff but when you think about it on a deeper level the it's it's two people um, having sex or making love that aren't in the same place. Well, they're longing for a companionship. I I looked at it as they were they had that companion, but they weren't in the same place physically, and that's what Lottie and Maxine were to each other. I I, I mean guess, I guess, but I mean later on Lottie's, they became physical. But when Lottie's inside, that is the physical. You know. They're both experiencing that still. Yeah, I guess. It's not Lottie's body, but, I mean, it kind of is because she's experiencing the sensory input. I don't know. I get. I see where you're going, though. I can see that this relation. This movie's just weird, man. This <laughs> movie's just weird. You have anything else, Ty? <sighs> what do you think, Ryan? <laughs> no, I don't. Right. I don't have anything else. Um, there, But for all... For everything that I've shot down uh you know <laughs> i yeah i i 
there were there were some funny parts of this movie, and if you're into weird movies that make you think way too hard, give it a watch. Yeah, I'd agree. Give her a watch. So uh, I don't think we've decided on a movie for next week. So, but we will decide before we release this episode. That'll be in the show notes. So just check that out if we can. If you don't know how to get to them, just scroll up on your podcast. It pops in the bottom. Well, depending on what app you're using, but yeah. If you're using if you're using the almighty Apple app. Uh, Although I do know that a lot of our listeners go through Stitcher. Stitcher's the way to go, man. To my demise. Um. But no matter where you listen to us at, make sure you subscribe. That'd be very helpful. Yeah. Or if you're like Ty and listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. That'd be, we'd really appreciate it. You know, anybody that gives us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll uh, we'll read it out on here. Give you a little, give you a little shout out. Um, And then if you just want to get a hold of us. Uh, you can find us, you can, well, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram or at roller podcasts on both of those, or you can email us at roll with podcast at gmail.com. There you go. Pretty simple. Yeah. Just look up roll podcast and follow us wherever we're, uh, pretty friendly. Yeah. Yep. I like to think so. We try. We try. (laughs) Um, yeah, but if you drop us a review, we'll read it off uh, in the following week. And do we have any this week, Ryan? Nope, not this week, Ty. If you've been listening long enough, you know that we haven't had some for quite some time. Yeah, you gotta somebody got on there because uh, if you're the first one on there, we'll uh, be all over it. Yeah, so, for sure, we will one. know. Or yeah, or <laughs> we, give us. We will read every comment <laughs> in every review. All right, we're still we're still early in the stage. <laughs> or you know, if you give us give us a good thoughtful email on something we said, or a suggestion, or you know, find a problem with something we said, uh, shoot us an email, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that on the air too. So. Yeah, and we're always looking for movie suggestions. So if you just want to uh, drop them in our DMs on Instagram, or message us on Twitter, or comment on either one of those platforms maybe even send us an email let us know what you want to hear us talk about um we're always looking for suggestions because when it comes time to pick we just spent 15 minutes <laughs> off off uh off the podcast just talking about different movies that we could do so it's, and we do that uh, every week bit of a, we always do the we same do that thing every week, week. Yeah. we kind of talk yeah. about it so and we're like well you, we'll figure it out later <laughs> do you know how much time we waste yeah a lot I do. we it's waste a lot, lot of time <laughs> uh so we, we have it narrowed down, we think, and one of those n- few movies we will be doing next week. So if you want to help us out, and we can say this is a reader, or well, we wouldn't say reader recommendation, but we'd say listener recommendation. There you go, Ty. I guess. Yeah, very proper. Yeah, shoot it toward our shoot it shoot it at us. Let us know. I don't think I have anything else, Ryan. All right, yeah, I'm done. That'll do it for us this week. Until next time, Malkovich. Malkovich? Malkovich. (laughs) Bye, everybody.